Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Welcome to Real Presence Radio this morning, Real Presence Live. We're so grateful that you've joined us. And I am your host, Janine Bitson, and I'm joined by... Father Greg Hammond. And we're so grateful that you joined us. Uh, this is our first time, Father Greg Hammond and I, and we're so excited to kick Just off this. Just met a few minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, kick off this Morning. minute. We did We did kind of uh, creep on one another on Facebook to kind of <laughs> figure out who we were with this As morning. we do nowadays. <laughs> but all in good, all in good. So, Father, could you lead us in prayer this morning? Certainly. Let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, it is your goodness that has given us this morning, the morning that that begins with the sunrise, that spreads beauty across the sky to to wake us up in, in body and in mind and in heart. We consecrate this day to you for your glory. We receive it as your gift. We offer it back as a sacrifice. May everything that you put in front of us today help us to receive it with, with faith and joy. Help us to, to live it out with faith and with gratitude. Give us your guidance. Give us your love. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Father. What a beautiful prayer and such a beautiful day. Uh, We have a lot to celebrate today. And this morning, we're going to have Father Peter Andrell on the phone with us. And so grateful. Uh, Eli's working on getting him right now. But as soon as he's on, we have a lot of wonderful things to talk about. Yeah, a really unique day, especially in the uh, liturgical calendar. It's not too often that we celebrate the birthday of a person in our in our masses and in our prayers, but today we do. Uh, today is the birthday, liturgically, of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So he'll be on to to speak with us a, about that in just a few minutes. Yeah, and, and in fact, uh, we just heard that Father Peter's with us. Welcome, Father Andrew. How are you this yes, morning? Hello. I'm doing great. Good morning. Good morning, Father. Oh, good morning. What what a day to celebrate! And I'm so excited that you're going to be joining us to talk about uh, the the birthday of our Blessed Virgin Mary. Can can you tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself first? You bet. Um, my name is Father Peter Andrel. I have the joy of being a pastor of three parishes down in the southeastern corner of North Dakota. And I've also been serving for a number of years as the confessor, spiritual director for our Carmelites. Oh, what a, oh, what a unique uh-huh. what a unique role in the diocese! What it's been a, just a, a real joy and an honor. Are you oh. still that as for the for the Carmelites? Yes, great. Well, and, and that is, I, I mean, uh, can you share a little bit about the Carmelite Order, Father, with our listening audience, for those who don't know um, about the Carmelites? 
Well, sure. And today is a very special feast day for them mm-hmm. because of all the different religious orders that have existed throughout all the centuries. Theirs is singularly unique, being the first to be literally formed under the patronage specifically of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Beautiful. Hmm. How unique. And of all the different Carmels in America, ours is also unique, being the only one dedicated specifically and solely the Carmel of Mary. Really? As their name? Yes. How unique. Oh, that's So their, their, their image is one that is saying to us, all in, totus to us, totally yours. Hmm. And I think today, as we're celebrating this beautiful birthday, this great celebration of the dawning to bring forth our salvation, Mary, the promised prophecy from Isaiah 7.14, the Parthenos, the virgin that would conceive and bear a son to name Emmanuel, Jesus, to bring our salvation, we are also called to respond to this, as the Carmelites do, to consecration, Hmm. to be set apart to come into a very special, unique way, just as Jesus himself gave Mary to us as our spiritual mother through John on the cross when he said, Behold your mother. And so our response, too, on this beautiful celebration of her day of birth is to be all in, to acknowledge this consecration. I know the Vatican recently put out a little decree through the Congregation of the Doctrine of Worship, Discipline of Worship, that it is an overt recognition of the singular role of Mary in the mystery of Christ and of the Church, and of the universal and exemplary importance of her witness to the Gospel, of trust in her intercession, and of the efficacy of her patronage. And we are so blessed in America, because our bishops all along through our history have understood this, and have even done this, dating back to our very first bishop, John Carroll. In Mm. 1792, he consecrated America to the Immaculate Conception. And then later in the next century, 1846, all of the bishops together consecrated our nation to Our Lady under that title. And in the the 1900s, the dedication was also including her Immaculate Heart. And now, just this year in May, our bishops in America consecrated her to Mary, Mother of the Church. So we're very blessed, this, this consecration, which in essence is saying, we open our heart and soul to receive you, and we're all yours. We're all in. Please watch over. Yeah. Come. Bring intercession. And what's so important about Our Lady's role as she was the instrument that God used to bring to us her son, salvation, the Heavenly Father continues to use her. She's the stream through which grace flows. She's the vessel to bring forth as the mediatrix of all graces, as the Second Vatican Council explained, that she continues to intercede to bring to every person on earth blessings, graces, and gifts from God to whom she will, when she will, how she will. And so the closer we come to Our Lady, the closer we come to Jesus, the closer we come to God. And when you just said that, Father Andrew, you know, Mary always points us to Jesus in everything that she has done. She always is pointing to Jesus and how important that is in our society today. It's like so many of us think we're self-made or we did that on our own or whatever, but 
she never did that. She always, it was always Jesus. Everything pointed to Jesus. Her humbleness well, and humility is so desperately needed in our world today. And her example is one that has just been tremendous. I mean, she is really what we would call the first Christian, the first and perfect disciple. Her whole life was in anticipation. In fact, the fathers of the Church talk about before she conceived and received from the Holy Spirit, Jesus in her womb, she had already spiritually conceived the Word. That's how all-in she was, of wanting to be a part of salvation history. And how much we can also be inspired by her, learn from her, let her be that wonderful, teaching, loving mother that she is. One of my favorite uh, quotes about Our Lady came from St. Louis de Montfort, and he talked about her ten principal virtues. And the number one that she had was her lively faith, and it was a faith that was so great. He said it was bigger than all of the gifts of faith given to every other person and saint on earth, even combined. That was her faith. And that's why when the angel Gabriel appeared to her, and he said, Hail, full of grace. Well, in Greek, it's one word, which means, literally, you are, that her title was her name. She is full of grace. She's the stream to which grace flows. Maris is the Latin for sea. She's the fullness, if you think of grace like water. That's who she is, and it just kept growing her whole life. And that's why she said to the angel, let it be done unto me according to your word. And Father, isn't that why why a lot of icons of that moment of the Annunciation, in particular when the Archangel Gabriel appeared to the Virgin Mary, they show her uh, turning towards the angel, turning away from uh, a, a book or a scroll, showing her like meditating on the Old Testament scriptures, and and depicting her in that way, just being filled with the word, pondering the word as it had been given in the Old Testament, and being ready then for the for the whole word in Christ. Right. And often, what they will show is Isaiah, and especially chapter seven, that she's the fulfillment of the centuries-old prophecy to be the chosen one, to be the God-bearer, the Theotokos. And once the council met in Ephesus in 431 and defined Our Lady as the Mother of God, oh my goodness, Marian devotion exploded Mm. all throughout the world. And that's the origin of our feast day today. And it's really unique Mm. because at that time, Constantinople was one of the big centers in the eastern part of the world. And their beginning New Year was on September 1st. And they thought, wow, Mary is the newness that brings forth this special advent of Christ through His birth, through His life, through His passion, death, and resurrection. So let's put her feast day on September 8th Mm. to give an eight-day preparation period once our New Year has started. And that's how this feast day came about. And then in time, they would, you know, go back nine months to say, well, let's put December 8th as her Immaculate Conception. So that's the unique dynamic of the origin. I mean, we don't really know when Our Lady's birthday was. You know, there's different commentary that have been given by the saints and the mystics through the years. There's the most recent one, of course, came out of a location in Bosnia-Herzegovina called Medjugorje, where the Church is now approving to have pilgrimages there. One of the ladies that had been reportedly receiving messages from Our Lady Mariana Soldo, had shared that Our Lady had reportedly let her know that August 5th, Our Lady of the Snows, 
mm-hmm. was her actual birthday. But the church, for centuries, celebrates today as her birth. Well, that, that's so neat to, to know that historical aspect of it. Uh, you know, when we think of back to Jesus, it was, what, about 25 generations? So it's not impossible for, you know, through, you know, word of mouth uh, that you could pinpoint some things because she wasn't that much before him, 26, right? <laughs> and so it, it is uh, very, very plausible that that we could pinpoint a date, but how important that is with Ephesus and uh, boy, the icon of Mary uh, with Jesus from Ephesus is so beautiful, too. It hangs in my daughter's room, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful image. Well, and one of my favorite quotes, Alphonsus de Liguri once said that true devotion to Mary is a sign of predestination. And you look at the last 150, 180 years, that we call this the age of Mary. There have just been so many approved Marian apparitions, and yes. you know, the question is asked, well, why? Right. Why is this woman clothed with the sun, coming so much on the scene? You know, beginning in Rudabach in 1830s, and miraculous metal scene for crushing the head of Satan with her heel. You know, the beginning of this proto-evangelium, we see Mary's role. And it's become even more evident, I think, with each passing year. She's mm-hmm. the woman clothed with the sun, and she's on the scene, and she's interceding for us. You know, I have the privilege of being the, the spiritual director as well for the World Apostle of Fatima. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about her different apparitions in Fatima, there were, of the, the six that were approved by the Church, there was one comment made with every single apparition that was the same. Only one item. And that was to pray the Rosary every day for world peace. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the great connector that we have with her, is to be able to enter into the beautiful Gospels the life of Christ with her, and the tremendous blessings that flow from praying the rosary. I actually have a, a priest friend that I know who was assigned in Central America a couple of years ago. He was an exorcist, and he basically helped eight different nations. And following the example of St. Joseph of Cupertino, who had several centuries before, he would pray with them without using even the rite of exorcism, and no matter what their condition was spiritual, mental, emotional, psychological, they would be healed. You know, let's... And he would um, use the rosary. Father Andrew... He would use the rosary to pray. Father Andrew, we're coming on a break, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I would really like to delve in more about the importance of the rosary and, and how that all points to Jesus on the other side of the break. So we've been visiting with Father Andrew, and on the other side of this break... We'll continue talking about the birthday of Mary and how we can become more servants of Christ through her example. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the gift of our priests. Through them, we experience your presence in the sacraments. Help them to be strong in their vocation. Set their souls on fire with love for your people. Grant them the wisdom, understanding, and strength they need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Each week, Real Presence Radio honors a priest in our listening area with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Nominate your priest at realpresenceradio.com and tune in to hear more about these holy men of God. 
If you are experiencing depression, anxiety, or suffering, especially from grieving, how can you find healing? I'm Father Chris Alar. While you should first seek professional help when needed, there is a roadmap that can help you to live your life again, and it is called the Spiritual Principles of Divine Mercy. First, come to admit that you are powerless over the loss of your loved one. Second, come to trust that Jesus can restore your life to manageability. And third, make the decision to entrust your will, your life, and your loved one to the loving care and protection of God. Join us and learn more about how to apply these healing principles in your life. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Uh, I'm Janine Bitson, your co-host, and I'm joined by... Father Greg Hammond. And so grateful to have this morning with Father Greg and uh, meet him for the first time and and host Real Presence Radio as well. Um, We have been having a wonderful conversation with Father Peter Andrell from the Diocese of Fargo about Mary and her birthday being today, uh, August 8th. And so welcome back, Father... Um, we were talking about the rosary uh, right before the break, and could you just help our listeners understand even more how important that prayer is in our Catholic faith? You bet. You know, every world religion has some form of prayer beat of entering into a deeper form of prayer. The rosary is so amazing because it incorporates three different forms of prayer, depending upon how you may wish to pray. The first on the surface is the vocal prayer. It can be prayed, you know, publicly, uh, auditorily. The second is the mental prayer. So instead of hearing through the ear, through the, you know, reality of speaking through the mouth, now it's being spoken from one's heart. And that's on a deeper level, you know, the prayer of meditation. But then what the rosary allows for to occur is the third and deeper level of prayer, which is of contemplation of really letting God speak to our heart to receive from Him what He wishes to give through the rosary. And that is why, as we were sharing, I was sharing just before the break, the rosary is so powerful as a prayer that it has even brought healing, liberation, freedom to people in their lives. I mean, I love to say a rosary day keeps the devil away. You know, it's, it's just fantastic, the protection, the grace. But there are these beautiful promises that had been given through St. Dominic, Alan de Roche, about praying the rosary. And the first one that is so powerful is Our Lady had promised that whatever you ask for through the rosary, if it's accord with God's will, shall be given. And you literally, it's a, it's a conduit, it's like a megaphone before God. Just as Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. She takes the gift of the rosary 
magnifies it with the saints, the angels before the throne of Almighty God to bring our prayer requests, even unknown in our hearts, and the peace, the joy, the Holy Spirit coming forth as we're praying. You know, Our Lady uh, closed her last statement in Scripture, do whatever He tells you. Yeah. And that's what we encounter in the Rosary. Do whatever He tells you. Mary always leads us to Jesus. And in fact, she is the sole means of really bringing forth the fullness of who Jesus is. If we don't have true devotion to Mary, which Jesus did, we will never fully know Him. And what does our Lord say? You know, He lived a life of perfection. He kept the commandments. He honored His Father and Mother. In fact, He didn't just honor her, He glorified her, the word kobolda, which means that as He had so too should we. She too is our mother. And so the rosary is a tremendous means of encountering the intercessory work of Mary. And let me tell you, she wears combat boots for us. She goes into battle. And Father and all Andrew, we have to do, ask and you will receive. Doesn't the church describe how, in a spiritual way, if we want to make a connection back to this birthday of the Virgin Mary today, doesn't the church teach how, in a spiritual way, Mary helps to give birth to Christ within each one of us through her prayer, her intercession on our behalf, as Christ comes to dwell in our hearts through the church and through the sacraments and through the the prayer of all the heavenly hosts, but her, of course, primarily among them all. Uh, she helps to continue to give birth to Christ in, 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 in fuller ways as the church grows. She does, and that's very clear in, in different church documents and writing of different saints. She's both type and mother of the Church. And so she is interceding for us constantly to, in essence, it's not just a, a one-time thing. You know, we're baptized or brought into the mystical body of Christ, the Church. But St. Thomas Aquinas points out that every sacrament we receive is a new birthing process. It's a greater miracle happening of grace, deification, bringing God's divine life into us, than even if the entire universe was recreated by God Himself. And Our Lady is there with us during every moment of grace, sharing with us as the mediatrix of grace that flows from God to us. So yeah. absolutely right on. And that's why we're so inspired by this feast day to celebrate her birthday. And I think the greatest gift on her birthday is to give a gift. And I think for our listeners, what is the gift that you wish to give the Blessed Virgin Mary, your spiritual mother, today? In, in my heart, the greatest gift that I can give, following Pope, Paul, Pope John Paul II, is to be all in. Totus to us. I'm totally yours. I want to give everything to you, because you're pouring out everything to me. And one way we can solidify that, that special bond is by having a place in our home for Marian devotion, an image, a statue, a remembrance, because she's family, and we should be acknowledging her as well. Now, of course, we worship God and God alone. We use the word uh, worship, which is halatria. But with Mary, our spiritual mother, we venerate her. Mm -hmm. We venerate her more than anyone else. And so we use the word hyperdulia. St. Joseph follows with protodulia, first acknowledgement after Our Lady. So, yes, it's a beautiful gift to have that connection, and not just on her birthday, but through the year, and to pray the rosary, pray for peace in the world. Our world needs prayer. And so I was—I just had the privilege of giving a, a retreat to multiple priests in several dioceses in our area, and it was interesting. We were talking in South Dakota, North Dakota, the Marian devotion that exists here, the faithfulness of the people, so pro-life, and that extends all throughout the Midwest. Mm -hmm. We're very, very blessed. And we were talking about Bishop Sullivan when he, my predecessor, 
as the spiritual director for the world of Pastor Fatima. There's a tremendous prophecy that kept being given to him that the triumph of Mary's heart, the Fatima message, would flow to the geographical center of North America. Mm. And that's in the Dakotas. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what's so... so it's, it, I'm sorry, I, I, I wish you were in studio because I keep cutting you off and you have so much wonderful things to say. <laughs> um, that, that is so important, though. And I'm really, really grateful, Father Andrew, that you pointed out how um, we worship God and, and Mary's prayers, her intercessory prayers, how important those are. Because we do have a lot of listeners who aren't Catholic or, or beginning Catholic. And, and that is one of the things, while well, you worship Mary. And it's like, well, no, we don't. And so could you just expound on that one more time for our listeners? You know, how vital it is for her intercessory prayer, uh, the intercessory prayer of saints. But, but Mary being you know, above all, and, and how important that is um, for all of our lives. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll be happy to not just use my own words, but how about we use the words of Martin Luther himself. Martin Luther, who is the founder of the Lutheran Church, John Calvin, the founder of the Presbyterian Church, Olive Zwingli, the founder of the Baptist Church, all spoke so highly of the need of Marian devotion. They all acknowledged her as Mary, the Mother of God realizing her special role as the daughter of the Father and the Son, Jesus being her Son, and her special role that flowed from this. And so we even have a Protestant awareness. In fact, even in the Koran, you have the awareness for the Muslim people that Mary is considered the most revered of all women to ever live. So it goes even beyond the realm of Christianity, this realization. But yes, she is a human being. You know, God is God, but Mary is the perfect of God's creation. She was conceived without original sin. That's why this birthday is so significant. After the fall of Adam and Eve, we have the first conceived within her mother Anne's womb of being free from original sin, free from the taint of the evil one that Jesus won for her. And he won this for her so that when he could be conceived in her womb, the environment would be free of sin, because He is God is free of sin, and letting us know a foreshadowing, a foretaste of what awaits for us, too, through the gifts that He would win for us on the cross, the gifts that would flow through the Church to be baptized, to be freed from original sin or any personal sin. And just as He called His mother, assumed into heaven, she is that beautiful witness icon for us, too, that where she has gone, following Jesus and His ascension, that we, too, can follow. So Mary is, I like to call her the, the, the field general. You know, she serves the commander-in-chief, Jesus, and she serves him perfectly. So there is no thought, movement, or desire in her heart that is not in perfect accord, full accord with that of Jesus. Their team, their heaven's dream team, they all are united together. And that's our mission, too, to be able to, to realize you know, when we look at America, we see all the division today, and to me it's yeah. becoming more and more clear what the dividing line is. Mm-hmm. Are you all in? Are you following Christ, His morals? Are we keeping the commandments, or are we choosing away from them? And what a tremendous moment of decision that we're being offered to, you know, in essence, the, the, the picket fence that we sometimes want to straddle is slowly being removed. Mm-hmm. And, and what the privilege is to be able to want to serve God, and to Father want Andrew, to be part of His. Yes. Isn't all that you're saying about the Virgin Mary, doesn't that show, especially speaking about how 
uh, so many of the, even the early reformers of the, of, in the Protestant Reformation still themselves had a devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Doesn't that only highlight something that is sometimes misunderstood in the Catholic faith, but nonetheless how, how primary grace is, the grace that transformed her and was able to make her this, uh, this, this, this image of, of the, the beauty of what God has done. And, and how when we come to her, uh, she can help to, to grow the beauty of what God can do in each one of us as we consecrate ourselves to her, as we celebrate these feast days that, that show her beauty and the beauty of God through her. Any final thoughts as we just have about a minute left about the way you'll be spending this day, just honoring the Virgin Mary and celebrating her birthday? Well, I have the privilege of preparing for a Marian pilgrimage. We're taking about, I don't know, 70-plus people from the area to acknowledge Mary's special role and place in salvation history. And we're going to be learning some of the historical witness of the people from our area. We're going to be heading into Minnesota, where we'll be going to a location to offer Mass on Saturday called the Grasshopper Chapel in Cold Spring. Hmm. And the witness that Our Lady gave there back in the 1850s, there was a horrible plague. And there were these grasshoppers, and there were millions of them that came from the Rocky Mountains. They devastated everything. They ate cows. They ate plants. They ate people's shirts. And the farmers didn't know what to do, and they turned to the Blessed Virgin Mary, asking her intercession before the throne of God. And as they did, amazing results occurred. At the end of their novena, out of nowhere came a frost, and it killed Mm. all of them. And in Thanksgiving, they promised to erect a chapel, to pray the rosary, to have Mass on different Marian feast days in, in Thanksgiving for the next 15 years. And they did. Wow. Very devout. Well, that... They didn't even come up the steps on their knees, praying, trusting the great faith of the people. But at the end of the 15 years, it kind of had fallen by the wayside, and guess what happened again? More grasshoppers. Yeah, and you so know... they renewed. And, that's... and she took care of it again. And that is something, though, Father Andrew, all the apparitions, even with Fatima, how soon we forget. And we are just... Uh, God knows we're human, but we need to look at this day and make a commitment to our devotion, our uh, asking for Mary's intercession. But we need to go, and we're so grateful that you joined us. We need a whole day to talk about this, but um, but thank you for joining us, and, and have a wonderful feast day. Yes, you too. God bless you all, and enjoy Our Lady's birthday. Thank you so much, Father thank Andrew. Thank you. So we just heard about our Blessed Mother's birthday with Father Andrew. How can you keep track of all the wonderful Catholic feast days? We'll discuss this next with Bishop John Folda on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 